It's time to talk some blues hockey. Welcome to the Blues NHL podcast, hosted by former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and former Blues enforcer Darren Kimball. And we got a problem in front of the hog bench. Kimball pulling it, Ronick. Here's Kimball swinging it, Ronick wildly, and the linesman trying to get in between them. Look at Raddick, he's dropped the gloves with Rivers. The referee or the linesman should yeah. jump in here. You can't let a guy like Rivers continue to throw punches. Federico stolen from Reinhardt, breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting, rebound, Recognize the score! Here comes Shovel Day, he'll be thrown out of the game! Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day, and the two goalies go at it! Head to head, and Joseph with three great rights! New Terjana Hall looking for 500, he shoots, he scores! Brad Hall, number 500! Tarasenko, in the clear, he scores! And now, here's your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Hello, Blues fans. Welcome to the Thursday edition of your Blues NHL podcast. I'm your off-ice official, Jim Cromer. Let's welcome into the studio the, uh, the man with the plan, uh, the, the, the guy with a Serious look on his face today. Walked in. He was meaning business. He attacked the Red Bull with one hand, <laughs> two Red Bulls at once, and brought a friend with him. What's going on, Rivs? Yeah, got a lot of shit to get to, Chrome. So could you f- make sure you get through your little spiels from now on? Yeah. Um, hey. But yeah, no, it's uh, awesome to have Alex Ferrario in from uh, CamoX. Hey, oh, man. Buddy, friend of the show. I'm, hap- I'm happy Rivs texted me and asked me to come back. I was afraid that I. Pissed Kimby off too much to where he didn't want me to head back in studio. Well, he's not here. See, you're sitting in so the that's studio. That's why I'm here. You notice the ex- uh, oversized headphones that you have on. That, uh, that makes the chair, sense, The big chair. Yeah, no matter sense. how tight you get those, they're still going to fall they're off. They're just yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, no, it. it's, it's awesome to be back with you guys. I love this podcast. Well, I'm glad you're here. You have uh, you bring in extensive knowledge of what's going on in the NHL, especially extensive. the St. Louis Blues. Extensive. extensive. I've never wow. used that word with you, Jim, so <laughs> don't be jealous. Extensive. Um, <laughs> I got it. Well, all right, so look, let's get going here right away because I've been like walking around, chomping this morning, at the bit, chomping at the bit, pacing. Tom Wilson. Okay. Oh man, oh. Kimby's on fire this oh, morning. Well, but I'm so happy this morning, like because here's the deal: everybody last little while threw shit our way when we talked about Wilson, especially when he had the hit on Oscar Sundquist, which Blues fans were enraged, and I get it. And, you know, we took some heat and some fucking people were, you know, calling us medieval and all this bullshit. And last night, okay, what, 45 or 50 seconds into the game, uh, he goes and gets in a fight with Alexiak. Now, before we even get to the fight, okay, let's set the table properly here. Last year, he has a big hit on, was it Aston Reese? I think his last name is, which was a debatable suspension mm-hmm. okay we'll say debatable and i'm being polite so then the pittsburgh gm jimmy rutherford who is a goalie <laughs> mind you a goalie when he played and he's a hell of a guy and he's a hell of a gm and i'm not trying to say he's not good at his job but he was a goalie but he was a goalie <laughs> so he wouldn't know completely about what it takes to be a tough guy or a player in the, in those situations well he goes out and says we have Jamie Alexiak, he's a big boy, he handles himself just well, basically said that Tom Wilson, like, ran and hid from him or, like, was a coward. 
So you talk about the NHL, like, and this is where we get roasted all the time, Alex. Is, yeah. Oh, they're like, well, you guys talk about the fighting, and they're trying to take it out, and the league is changing, and all this bullshit. And now we have a GM that basically says, oh, he, this other player is a coward. He won't man up against our big boys. That, so that's, I, that's stirring the pot. Right? And like, well, you're calling a guy out, basically. Well, if, I know, but we're trying to eliminate all yeah. this bullshit. And then he literally takes Jamie Alexiak, who I'm sorry, he's six foot seven, but he's not Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Well, what did he say? He, he said after that game that, that Wilson basically hid from the fight. Yeah. He said he didn't want to deal with Alexiak. And it's like, look, first, <laughs> of, first of all, Alexiak doesn't even compare to what Tom Wilson's career is when it comes to fights. I mean, the guy can fight. Like, Ryan Reeves is number one. Tom Wilson is right up there with him in the league currently. So, like, first of all, you're calling out a guy that knows how to drop the gloves if he needs to. Second of all, I think if you would ask Alexiak about that, he'd be like, maybe keep your mouth shut, Jim. <laughs> like, I don't appreciate you calling it out and trying to put me into a fight right now. I kind of just want to play hockey, you know? But that's what I'm saying, Yeah. right? So he goes and he goes basically betting all in with somebody else's money mm -hmm. because that's what it's like when you tell all oh, my buddies tougher than you and you're a pussy. Oh, right. now your buddy's like, well, now I got to step up, now right? Now do something. And that worked for you, though, for a lot of years. Well, it worked for me, but I was the guy that said, you know, my buddy's tough. Like, and and your was buddy was Tony Twist. Tony Twist. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, you had two buddies on the bench. Yeah, like, oh, so they can like, <laughs> yeah but I wasn't the GM, <laughs> and I wasn't doing yeah. it in the media. But my point is, is he sets up this, you know, the, the Don King here promoter role. He goes into that, and so – Alexiak is a big kid, and he's a tough kid, but he's not in that category. No, like he's not he's not a Lucic, he's not a Reeves, he's not a Wilson, he's not a one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And so first shift, he he's out there, and once again, this goes back to my whole thing. Every time I say, be aware of your surroundings, yeah. right? He knows he's on the ice first shift. He knows Tom Wilson's on the ice first shift. He goes over and he just bumps into Alexander Ovechkin. At that point, he has to know it's coming. He has to know, like, unless you're really, really fucking stupid, how do you not know that Tom Wilson's going to come and either try to bury me right there or the mitts are going to be off? So he turns casually and Wilson's coming in hot. And he, yeah, he sheds the mitts kind of sort of first, but I did slow down the tape. <laughs> and when Wilson's, both of his gloves come off, Alexiak has one glove off and the other one half off. So he's ready. Yeah. So before there's actual physical contact between the two, both gloves are actually off. Yeah, he well, Wilson it. had the beeline. Yeah, but people are like, oh, it should have been an instigator. Throw no. him out of the game. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because that instigator rule is the biggest joke in the NHL. It's a, it's a and nice. I know Curbs talks about it all the time on the air, but it honestly is the biggest joke in the NHL. It's designed – I'll let Rivs talk to this and you as well, but to me it's designed so that – you basically just don't skate up to an unwilling combatant, like a, a guy that has no business fighting, and you just grab him and start beating the shit out of him. That's what yeah. it's for. And it's not for this instance. And that's how they should. That's how they should measure it and right. use it in the NHL. But you can't use it when two guys are talking with each other in front of the goalie, back and forth, back and forth, and then the third guy comes in to protect his younger player. Oh well, he's going to get the instigator rule. No, that's BS. Yeah, that's no. not what exactly. It and, and they put it in there. The fight's been instigated long before yeah. the the glove the fight came started yeah. last year. Yeah, and their purpose when they put it in originally <laughs> was so that <clears throat> if you have a goal scorer, like let's say a TJ Oshie's out there, and it prevents Ryan Reeves from just skating over and beating the shit out of TJ Oshie, right? And getting him a five minute penalty. That's right, two, it, yeah. five, ten. You know, making him really pay. <laughs> so back to the original first shift here. Now we have the gloves are off. 
and they grab on, and both guys are engaged, and then Wilson throws one, two punches. On the second punch, the helmet goes flying. Mm -hmm. Now, the referees lately have been told to get in there as soon as helmets come off. One helmet comes off, the fight's over. They're jumping in, which, right. by the way, I think is putting the referees in, in harm's way. But that's a whole thing for their union to deal with. Uh -huh. I got enough of my own shit. Um, <laughs> but you got some union problems, right? No, I, got, I can like, I, trust We me. know a few people. All I got to do is check Twitter. I got All enough right. of my own problems going on here. <laughs> but then he clocks him and knocks him out cold. And down goes Big Tree. Big tree fall hard. Big tree fall hard. And he fell. Now, when he fell, he banged his face on the ice, which is never good. Uh, and I don't like to see guys get hurt. But Wilson stopped immediately. Yeah. He didn't throw down. He didn't land on him. He didn't try to throw an extra one. He let go and was like, holy shit. You know? He's out. He's out. And then he gets up, and you can tell he's wobbling back and forth. And we know all the, the extra stuff after that. But I guess what made me so hot was that Watching the bullshit today or last night on Twitter about it, and then today, I'm like, guys, he's got 16 points in 14 games. He's played half the games, even less than half the games, in most of the league, and he's outscoring most of the league. He's outscoring guys that are making $7, 8000000 million a year. And let's not forget, first goal the Capitals scored last night, Tom Wilson pulls up the puck on the turnover, skates down the wing, slides it through the triangle on the D, to Lars Eller, who puts it in the back of the net. I'm sorry. This guy's a valuable freaking player. Oh, that's all we heard earlier in the year was when all the, uh, he can't play. He's a slug. He can't. I'm overpaid. Like, he overpaid. can't play. All this bullshit. And now he's got over a point a game. And he's beating the piss out of guys who are sent, you know, who are fed to the wolves oh. by their GM, basically. And listen, I'm going to tell you this right now. You know what kind of player the St. Louis Blues are missing? I, I, I love the look on your face right now. Well, that's I wish why everybody I, could see it. Let, let me tell you, if Doug Armstrong could pull off a trade for Tom Wilson, jump on board, folks, because it would get a lot more exciting around here. A lot of the shit that's went on around here for a long time wouldn't be happening. And one, we'd be better. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that actually leads me into one of the other things I was going to talk about is you talk about a player like that. Now, I don't know if this guy's like that, but I threw it out on Twitter just for shits and giggles. I love this. And I said that Kevin Bieksa is alive and well, says he's in good shape, <laughs> says say he's well. ready to go, <laughs> and that he wants to play in the NHL again. And so I threw it out on Twitter the other day, not really with an opinion, just kind of like a poll without actually having the poll attached to it. I wanted to get some feedback. And people were – it was pretty even. And then all of a sudden after a while, people were like, too old, too old, too old, too slow, too old, too slow. And I'm sitting here going, well, how much fucking slower could he possibly be than some of what we have? Well, I thought you were going to say a name. I, <laughs> no, I like I, how I, you I'm do not, that. Not See, you're a, that. Well, you're a pro. Well, well look, I, I actually love the idea of Bieksa because he's kind of Joel Edmondson, but he's a grizzled vet Joel Edmondson. He's a guy to round out your bottom six defense pairing. Now, the devil's advocate here, I, I went and looked at the numbers when, when I saw it on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, well, how did he do? Because I know he was with Anaheim for a while before he retired. How was he? He was pretty bad last year. I think he was like a minus 13. And I know the plus minuses are a yeah. joke, and, and I never take now, them. He played injured a lot last exactly. year. Exactly. So. And he played on a bad Anaheim bad team knee. last year. Did he have a bad knee? I thought so. It was uh, either – I don't an ankle know. or yeah, knee. It was One a lower those. body, something yeah. that kept him out. But he was on a bad Anaheim team last year as well. But 59 games – and he was a pretty bad mind. It's, I mean, you know, I, I, not to 
to throw names out there, but if you look at some of the guys that are plus minus on the Blues defense right now, it's a Jay Bowmeister. It's, you know, Alex Petrangelo is in a different world because I think he's just having an off year, but it's a Jay Bowmeister. It's a Carl Gunnarsson. It's, it's a Robert Portuzo. It's that style of guy. But I will say that they need some leadership right now. They need some help on that blue line right now. And to me, when I saw the name, what, you're going to give him a one-year deal, pretty cheap, let him kind of prove Probably himself? Probably next to nothing. He's sitting at home right now. I mean, yeah. he's going to get – and look at the injuries you've had to deal with. Look, Bortuzzo's always an unknown. Gunnarsson's been out, who's on his way back, but he's still had to deal with an awful lot since last year. And you've got Jay Bowmeister, and you have, you know, Colton Pareko, Joel Edmondson, all these guys have kind of been up and down. It's adding a little insurance right now. That you kind of need on that blue line. He had a hand surgery during early or in March, and then he tore his MCL. MCL. Okay. So there yeah. you go. But yeah, here's he my thing, guys. What's the number one thing? And, and Alex, you can hit on this, and I know you've talked about this. And I want one answer from you guys from our defense in our defensive zone. What's the number one thing that Curbs and everybody else have been talking about that we lack right now for the St. Louis Blues? What's the number one thing they say every time? aggressiveness is the one thing that I know. And where are teams scoring almost all of their goals from? I would say 95% of the goals this season have been right in front of Jake Allen's nose. Right, yeah, and you say it all slot. the time. You're yeah. like, oh, my God, the guy's got to get back. Homer literally has, like, a, yeah. a seizure over here. <laughs> and How so, many second and third chances have happened? So the, my point was that is, like, look, I'm not looking for Kevin Bieksa to come in and quarterback a power play. I'm not even looking for him to kill penalties, although he is a good penalty killer and yeah. he's willing to block shots. I'm not even looking for that. But in our defensive zone, when there's rebounds, I guarantee you that guys are going to pay the price, that they're not going to be eager to go to the front of the net and stand there and take two or three whacks, or never mind take two or three. They're not going to go there and be completely unattended to. He's going to come across and chop the shit out of somebody. Well, and he's 37 years old. And I know people say, well, that's too old to be on this team right now. But I don't think anything's out of the question right now for this team. And why is leadership too old for you? You know, yeah. it's not like the coaching staff are playing the fifth and sixth defenseman 20 minutes of ice time. Like, that's Pareko and Edmondson. These guys are getting maybe 10, 11, 12 minutes of ice time. If you're yeah. telling me that a guy who has spent 20, you know, 20, 15-plus years in the league, he's gone to the Stanley Cup Finals, he's been a, car, a part of really good teams, if you're telling me that that guy can't provide some help and some insurance in that locker room, you're sadly mistaken right now. Well, and here's where I get bipolar, though. Okay, uh -oh. and and just, this is just this way. Just this way. This is okay. like where I had a taste of it four seconds in. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> my other the other the other voices that live inside of me. Uh, one of them just popped into my head and uh -oh. said that, well, your team is already having trouble getting out of their end. They're already having trouble maintaining a good transition game. They're already having trouble keeping pace with some of the teams around the league. Why would Kevin Bieksa help your team? And I have to agree with that. I do. And I know that's like, we talk about bipolar. I'm yeah. like, absolutely opposite of what I just said. <laughs> However, the way I look at it is those are great arguments. They're great points. They're true. They're valid. Uh -huh. I look at it going, if Kevin Bieksa was offered a chance to come in and be seventh defenseman, mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about 10, 11 minutes. Well, seventh defenseman doesn't even play. He's a scratch, right? Yeah. So you see what he can do in practice. You see where he's at. And you put him in a game. You, pay him, you play him, you know, 9, 10 minutes in a game. Yeah. You see how he handles it. You see what his leadership's like. You have no uh, 
you're not pot committed on no. this. You have a one year, not even a three quarter of a season contract uh-huh. that's going to be put in place. And if he's slow, guess what? You fucking wave him. Mm-hmm. You send him down to the minors, and odds are he's going to retire at that point, or he's going to quit, or yeah. whatever. And if he goes to the minors, well, what? You know what? He'll <clears throat> be leadership for your guys down there. I don't see. I guess I don't see the downside, but I don't occupy the job Do, of general manager in the National Hockey League. Well, are, they, are you? Are you? Assum- are you assuming? I, I guess. I mean. That he hasn't gotten any offers, obviously, because he's still at home. Or is this a wait and see approach? And this guy may want to see if down the stretch somebody needs a defenseman on a team that's got a chance. I mean, that's my only thing. Yeah, right? I don't know if he's sitting at home waiting for offers. I don't know if he's been offered something. Like he may, honestly, guys, say like, he may have a price in mind. Yeah, and he may be sitting true. there and say, "Oh, I'm not playing for less than two million. But you feel like a 37 year old who knows his career is coming to an end just wants to get back in. Maybe he's waiting for a contender to contact. That's him. what. Maybe I he's waiting at, for yeah. Tampa Bay or yeah. Toronto. That's a good point to, to say. Hey, you know, well, we we need a little help. And here. and what. Every year, what do we say at the yeah. trade deadline? What is every really good team usually looking for? Another defense, a shutdown defenseman. A deep, well, well, the Blues did this before. Sure. Uh, they did it with Wade Redden, and yeah. that worked out in the way of you know they weren't competing as well, and they traded Redden to a team to get a draft pick. And I don't remember who that draft pick turned into. You know, Reds didn't play bad. No, he didn't. He, he played was good. Here. He was, he, I thought he was fine. He had a good 15, 16 minutes of ice yeah. time, and I remember he was the shutdown guy. But let me ask you both this because when all healthy. And this has obviously been a conversation with Blues fans. When when you're at full health, you have, what is it, eight defensemen with Jordan Schmaltz up here. And look, Chris Butler's been playing better than almost anybody on that ice right now. Well, he's in the lineup ahead of certain regulars. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you because (laughs) the depth is a question right now. So if we're talking Bieksa, is he better than Chris Butler? Is he better than Jordan Schmaltz? Is he better than one of your guys in the minors? Because those guys, now is the time where you need to, you know. Blam. Yeah, shit or yeah. get off the pot. Excuse my language there, but you either have to decide, is this guy going to be a part of our team? Is he going to be a top six defenseman for us? Because if not, move on and find someone else in your depth system. Yeah, well, look, here's where I sit with it is, I think everybody would expect Butler to be the first man to go back to the minors yep. once everybody's healthy. I mean, it's just I played that. I was Chris Butler near yeah. the end of my career, and I know how that works. It's the it's, contract. It's a contract. It's the um, the the how easy it is to put him. He doesn't have to clear waivers. He's all this shit, right? Yeah. So he's going to go back to San Antonio. You're still left with 7D at the time. Now, Jordan Schmaltz, who's, you know, he's creeping up there. What is he now, 24, 25, somewhere in there? I think he's 24. So if he's 24 – He's got to play. He's not playing. Yeah. Like, even when he's in the lineup, he's not playing very much. And then, then he's being a healthy. He's 25. So he's 25. 25. Okay. So yeah. now he's he's bordering. You go from prospect to suspect. Yep. Okay. That's how it works. And he has never solidified himself as an NHL defenseman yet. So now you got to look. Go, well, should we look at somebody else? Because mm-hmm. even if he's in our lineup, how much is he going to play? How far do we think this guy can get? into our lineup yeah. in the next year and a half to two years. And you probably already have your answer. Well, let me try and sway everyone's decision on BXCA. Man, that is a difficult name I'm going to have to practice. Well, especially, BXA. yeah. BXA, boy. Especially early in the morning. <laughs> but when you traded Wade Redden for the Blues, you traded him to Boston for a sixth-round pick in 2013 that turned into Sammy Blake. 
Wow. Now, we obviously don't know what Sammy Blay is right now. He's had shades of greatness. He's had shades of struggle. But if the struggles continue and you get Bieksa, it's also an opportunity for you to move him to a team that needs a defenseman that's in the playoff hunt if yeah. the Blues are not there. So it's also another reason that you could look at him to try and help this team. I just think overall, if you approach Bieksa coming down the stretch, and let's hope that we're in a situation where the Blues have won a bunch of games and they're in some kind of a hunt here yep. for the playoffs. But at that point, you can go to him and say, hey, look, you're going to be our seventh defenseman. We want you to be a good leader, this, that, the other, right? You don't want to put that burden on a young defenseman uh-huh. because now they're not developing. Yep. They feel like they're on the outside looking in. Like BX says, the, no one's going to hold his hand. They don't have to hug him. He'll know. He'll understand. And I'm sure he's not afraid to speak his voice in that locker room. No, either. he won't be afraid. By that time, he'll have a comfort mm-hmm. zone in there, and he'll be able to speak his mind. Yep. I don't know. I just found it. Look, I'm not going to spend all day because we go back and forth, but I found it intriguing. And so once again, so listeners, before people – swallow their own tongue and try to you know twitter at me so fast that they can't handle themselves but don't at me bro yeah don't at me bro <laughs> it's just a discussion you know and i think there's pros and cons to yeah. this move and it is what it is now the next thing i wanted to cover though and which is way off topic is i watched on tv the other night and it's holiday season and you know all these great shows come on and i love watching christmas movies we'll call them and Elf comes on. Oh, yeah. Okay. One of the best. Which is one of the best. Now, I had forgotten that Buddy the Elf was a hell of a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten. He threw those hip checks out there. Well, that's the the thing is I'm looking at Buddy the Elf play, and I'm like, would he have gotten a call from the Department of Player Safety? He might like have. he had a couple of high hits. Like and now mind you, he's playing against a lot of smaller yeah, players. Yeah, I was gonna say they're high hits, but they're head hits on guys that are at his waist. But the player has to be in control at all times, right? I mean I would agree. And Buddy was a little out of control. I don't think his stride was as pure as it needed to be out there. But you know, I thought he used his, his size. Did you see his hand speed? Let me tell you something. His puck moving skills are pretty impressive. And he uses an awful stick, which by the way. <laughs> Okay, first uh, of all, literal tree trunk. Like, <laughs> here's my issue with that: is you think these elves could build better, better sticks? Like, right? Well, I mean, when Johnny gets a new stick under the tree, <laughs> it's usually a, a warrior. Or it's one like a warrior. Yeah. It's like the QRL. This yeah. and that. And Buddy the Elf is using a freaking two by four that they've carved a blade into. Well, like, were this was this pre Christmas or post Christmas? Hardy shoots the puck though, and Look they don't even have real nets. He's knocking the goalie yeah. through the. Longer burger, yeah, but this is my issue thing. with it. Do the elves like? Do they just go all in on everybody else and just fall short on their own, or what? I like the jock strap thing. But the elf looks like he'd be yeah. strapping. Is yeah. is is he all time captain? Because you can't have like oh, well, two team two players are captain, and then okay, everyone pick a player because everyone the first one's going to be at buddy. Got to be buddy, right? He's so be like he's the captain. Where he each side pays though. a certain amount of yeah. like candy canes to get him. Let's yeah, not act sense. like he didn't have an advantage. I mean, he was a giant. Okay, but was Zidane Chara a, a giant? Yeah, that's true. And he has, you know, which he, still amazes me to this day that so many people passed up on him. Oh, it's crazy. Like that draft just frustrates me more than anything that Chara's. But you know what? He, he wasn't. Was. Uh, I played with him when he was really young. And we were at the Islanders, and he was not really developed. He was a baby giraffe, and he ran around, and he wasn't as quick as he is or was. You know, he didn't have puck skills. He literally was a giant on ice. He was literally Buddy the Elf out there. Now Buddy the Elf had some pretty good hands, but um, but yeah, they passed up on him because they thought, well, you know how how 
good could he possibly be? And yeah. What they didn't take into account is how hard he works. Right. And that his father. And I guess you can't. Yeah. His father was an Olympic wrestler mm-hmm. and instilled this like crazy training regime for this kid. And, um, but yeah, I mean, Z was yeah, he's turned into a great player. But oh, yeah. I just wonder, like, like I said, just watching Buddy the Elf, and I'm like, you know, first of all, I thought he dominated. Could the Blues use him? If they could, what capacity? I think anybody could. Think use he him. plays forward or D because they're playing outdoor hockey and. He really is all over the place. I would use him as forward. I, mean, I don't think – do you think he can play within a structure, though? I think he just plant him in front of the net like they used to do with Big Buff. Put yeah, but him right would in front. he be as big here? Like, how big is Buddy the Elf, really? Like, he looks big amongst those guys, but, like, what is – he's got to be, what, 6'2", 6'3"? He's not that he's big. he's, like, 6'6", six, six, actually. Really? Yeah, I think he's, like, 6'6". Six, six. I worry. I just don't know if he has the toughness, though. I mean, he's used to push around little guys. Yeah, that's true. He's only 6'9". What oh. if... No, Chara's 6'9", not Buddy the Elf. Oh, Buddy the Elf. <laughs> Buddy the Elf. Like, what if Tom Wilson steps in on Buddy the Elf? Oh, like, well, and it's one of those, like, you know, older brother, little brother things yeah. where you just put the hand on the head and they're swinging their fists trying to catch him. Could be. You know? Anyways, I don't know. I sat at home watching that last night. I thought to myself, Jesus, you know, Buddy the Elf's a pretty sick hockey player, but then again... It, how many suspensions would he have, and would he be as effective against a bigger group? So, I would like I don't to know. be in the mind of Jamie Rivers. That's why I like these things. podcasts. Just one of those things. So <laughs> people at home can weigh in on This one you can at me on, okay? <laughs> Please let me know what your thoughts about Buddy the Elf are as a hockey player. If he had an unfair advantage, if he would serve a lot of suspensions, and if he could help our St. Louis Blues. Well, judging, right? judging by the video, he had Tom Wilson-esque stat line. Ah, but doesn't count. Like he's right. playing against little guys all the whole time. Like, but he's on. throwing people around. He's scoring goals. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, Ribs, I got to ask you. I got. We got to get into it. The fans are. We got to get into it. Really? They're, the, the, they're, they're clamoring. Uh-oh. Oh Jesus! They want Yari Laterra back. No, 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 no. Scarface. They, they don't want Yari Laterra back. And you know who else <laughs> they don't want back? Who it looks like's available, and we're gonna have to discuss this. Is Kimby's buddy. Patrick Berglund. Well, you know, this is a really weird situation, guys. Like, I've been in the league, or I was in the league, and I've been involved in the NHL. You might still be in the league. You don't even know it. You probably probably have a contract out there that you signed. No, if I did, I'd be trying to cash in on it. Trust me. (laughs) The Russians may show up at your house tomorrow going, hey, you owe us another year. They were just probably thinking, hey, man. to Cromer and try to earn a living. Hey, (laughs) we watched, hey, the Russian Russian mob watched the three-on-three game and said, hey, you still have another year on this contract. Firefighters game. Let's get over here and get get these rubles earned here. (laughs) I said, he's been talking shit about us, too. Yeah. All right. Uh Very funny. Very funny. (laughs) You funny guy. You hide money in locker rooms. Very funny. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Now I get every guy out after me now is screwed they can't hide their money there um <laughs> so anyways patrick Berglund. this is where it gets intriguing interesting diabolical um that kind of shit so he's in buffalo and apparently this is like really good material and i hate to bring it up at bergie's expense but it's really fun like his agent apparently doesn't fax or oh email army in no. the right manner so Army, who's you know burning the midnight oil, and he's probably popping, uh, you know, what are those uh, Sudafeds? Yeah. And down in some Red Bulls, and Cromer's breaking the studio as we speak. He's throwing <laughs> shit everywhere. He's probably had a few Red Bulls, but so Army's on the Red Bull, and at midnight, he goes, "I don't have an email. Time to trade Bergy." <laughs> so he trades Bergy verbatim. Trades Bergy, and then he, you know, he finds that little clause. So. Now he's off to, to Buffalo, and he was supposed to have a, at least a, a modified no-trade where he could write down a list of teams. Yeah. 
And so he lands in Buffalo. Things don't go according to plan. And I can tell you, I worked with, or he was skating with the guys before the season started. And he seemed like he was in good spirits. He really did. Talking to him, he was kind of excited for a new beginning, this, that, the other. Fast forward, he's not playing. Now he's being put on unconditional waivers with the purpose of terminating his contract, which would have to be mutually terminated because a team just doesn't have the luxury of terminating a contract. And so there's $10 million left on the table. I think that's the number. It might be give or take a couple million. I mean, hey, once you get to 10, right? But what? And it can't be substance abuse like people are alluding to because if it is, what happens there is the NHLPA, they protect their players Uh and they step in. And they put you in a program, and therefore you continue to be paid, and that the NHL team cannot just get rid of you. So you're protected. So this is really weird. Well, especially because Buffalo is so good right now. And, like, I don't know if it was he thought he was going to be a more relied-upon forward with Buffalo, and that's where the frustration has come from. But from what, what I read, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it started with him not showing up to a team organized event and then he didn't show up to that and then he didn't show up to practice the next day and uh, they must have been in contact with him because they were, were yeah well it's they not had, like he went missing they said he was ill for two games leading up to that yeah so i don't know if the dispute had started there somebody was probably hiding a little something there not hiding yeah, being, what, being like, nice like they, the something was going on okay but you're right but like what so i'm well, I, yeah as i sit here and i try to eliminate possibilities the biggest thing that we have to remember here is these are guaranteed contracts in the NHL. Yeah. It's not the NFL. So what you have here is, like I said, substance abuse. Uh, he's going to get paid anyways. Even if he gets charged with a crime, yeah. he will continue to be – and I'm not suggesting he did. I'm just knocking right, right. down yeah. things here. Even then, The conspiracy he, theory. The conspiracy yeah. theory. Even if that was the case, he continued to be paid until he was convicted of that crime, and then the NHL would have to suspend him. The whole, what's a Voinov thing from yeah. L.A., right? Right, right, right? So it would take a while for this to happen. So I'm lost on this one. Well, you know who's not lost? Who? And you, you hear he has his own intro music playing in the background. Because oh, he's going to be joined. You know, he, he's claimed that this guy's been MIA for a long time and took a little heat on Twitter about it, but... That music can only mean one thing. Yeah, with his with his own internal music, as as we call Kimby, as if it's going to happen more, we had to get him some. But hey, uh, the right time. You te- you just so happened to text me that you're ready to go as Rivs brings up. <laughs> Missing in action, uh, Mr. Berge. And, and, uh. Well, let's get something straight here. He, he, he texts him, you're ready to go. But those are usually text messages I get like 2.30 in the morning. You're like, Rivs, I'm ready to go. I'm like, what the fuck is he oh, talking about? <laughs> I'm like, this is weird. You know, I, I, only, I, I, had to, I had to call in because Rivs has been – He's been spinning. He's been going crazy here since our last one when we went alone, and he ain't liking something. What? So I no, to you guys go and talk shit. Just to give shit. mind. You talk. guys talk shit the whole time. And then you're like, oh, I, you know, I, we know Rivs thinks this, but fuck him. He's not here. We're going to talk about this. We know Rivs thinks hey, this. Fuck uh, him. <laughs> Chromes, all I, all I did was say that Rivs should change his last name to Kachuk, and he gets pissed off at me. That's all he does. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, if, I, if it could get me daddy the allowance that they get in that house, I would do it in a heartbeat. 
They got their own allowance now. Yeah, That's holy pretty good. Shit, if I can become a hey, trust fund like that. Hey, bro, hey. So yes, your timing is impeccable, and you. Although I will say, you did miss, and you're on fire this morning. You did miss the Tom Wilson discussion, but guess what? We're gonna we're gonna talk Berglund here for just a minute, and then we'll let you give your thoughts on Tom Wilson. But um, basically. We're at the point in the conversation now where Rivs is trying to knock down the conspiracy theories of what this could possibly be with Patrick Berglund because some of the things that people think don't don't make sense. Yeah. Now, Kimby, the, the one thing that just so you're up to speed on what I just talked about, I said that for a guy to get his contract mutually terminated like this and to walk away from $10 million, like there's got to be something weird because even if it was like substance abuse, the, you know, the PA would protect him. And he'd get paid while yep. he went through therapy and treatment and got better. Even if he was charged with a crime, he would still get yep. paid until he was convicted. And then the league would have a special meeting and find out what the punishment would be. And he'd probably get a buyout, not just get terminated. So, yeah, I, like, what the I hell think do you he think went he went on his own. I, I'm thinking if, he, if he's not playing and, I, and I'm wondering what he's got going on back, uh, back in his home country there. Uh, I, I know it's a lot of money to turn down, but. If you're going to sit there and not play, and they're basically going to tell you you're not playing, I don't know the circumstance. I'm just guessing here. I don't um, fuck ten million I wanted, dollars. I wonder if he got frustrated. I think it's twelve million. Actually. But, maybe, uh-huh. it's 12 but million. yeah, I know that. But what if what what? I don't know what that league is. What they play back there is? Are they offering them that kind of money back no, there? You think? No, they cannot. I I entertained offers from that league, and now I'm a premier <laughs> player. Okay, so um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the offers, you know, they can get to a couple hundred grand. But like that's yeah, it. like I, I Peter Forsberg was like two hundred and fifty or three hundred thousand, yeah. and I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like ten million dollars, ten million dollars. Maybe may, was he friends with Latero when Latero? Oh, we just brought that up. Maybe he's going back there to continue to run the ring while T- Latero goes to jail. There you go. <laughs> the new the new kingpin. Yeah, they're gonna move it from uh, Finland to Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how uh, I've been watching a lot of them. Uh, what's that guy's name from uh, Mexico? Mod, uh, what's his name? El Chapo. Uh, Chapo. Yeah, I've been watching that. You know, and they uh, he still is the kingpin, but he's got guys working below. So maybe Bergie moved up on the ranking there a little bit. That would be great. Bergie did have a great mustache too. He could pull that shit off. <laughs> hey, I got hey, mine was great this morning though. The guy was questioning if he's come play for the Blues, and I said the only team he's playing on. And I put the elf thing up there. I like that. Bergie, big tall guy playing against the elf. Well, oh we, we, just, we just had the elf conversation. I just had the conversation. Kimby, you can answer this one, okay? Because I, I told people <laughs> to go out on Twitter and talk about it. Like, I was watching elf last night, and I'm like, this guy was a pretty good fucking player. You know, like he yeah. has a horseshit stick. So first of all, the elves are, <laughs> I'm questioning the elves work ethic here ultimately because Buddy had to play with horrible skates, a, shitty stick and they didn't even have nets it's like the elves go all in yeah. for us but they're not doing shit for their own but <laughs> now how many suspensions? i don't think they were scraping the ice too the no, ice they wasn't scraped very good either i know yeah how many suspensions would sliding. buddy have if he was playing like up there like the department <laughs> of elf security would probably have like 10 11 <laughs> suspensions for this guy no 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That 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 one the one shift he went through there, he had probably six alone there. Hey, is that oh, what yeah, it looked like? When, hey, is that what it looked like when you played on the pond in Lucky Lake when you were young? <laughs> is that how it went? I, I, couldn't, I wasn't even that mean. I was. I couldn't skate like the elf. He's faster than I was. Oh my lord! So That's a good that. point. Well, um, I'm certainly not. I, I know you don't have long because you're a working man. Lord loves a working man. Um, I'm not, I, I know you're not going to get That's out of here. Hager. I know you're not going to get out. Hager singing that, isn't it? Yeah. I, I I know. Well, if you ever seen the Dirk, Steve, for it. Steve Martin is a good one on that too. But I know you're not getting out of here without, uh, you know, as Jamie uh, made sure to remind everybody that this Tom Wilson guy, he can play. This guy can play. Yeah, he can play. Can be. Yeah, I'll tell to... you what. I, Go ahead. I, sorry. I, I, Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's got to be. Uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh is the weirdest uh, franchise I, I can never imagine. I, they've won cups and everything, and I, I understand all that. So it's hard to knock them, but. Even when Mario was there back in the day, they didn't really protect the man. And, you know, he had, like, Jay Caulfield was there for a little bit, and later on then McKenzie and LaRock come in the picture once they figured out they needed somebody. But now you have you had Revo sitting there, and obviously he didn't work out there, and he run him out. You know, you got Sidney Crosby, who I still say is the best player in the game, just until someone takes the mantle away. But no one's there to protect these guys. And... You know, I, I just don't get that shit. And then and I got to sit there and watch watching Crosby and Ovechkin, though. That was pretty neat. I like that because that just shows how how intense those guys are, the rivalry is between those guys, which is good to see. But someone's got to be there to protect Sid, man. I, I think it's terrible. Well, you know what? I was watching that live last night, and it was the first time in I don't know how many years I actually thought to myself, this is finally a Wednesday night rivalry right. game. You know? Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. But Kimmy, here's the question I have for you regarding this, and we can tighten it up after that because I know you got to go. But they bring in, like you said, they get rid of Reeves. They say, let me start over. They say they need toughness. They go get Reeves. Then they get rid of Reeves. And then they bring in Jamie Alexiak because they could, they said, they, or they got rid of Reeves because they brought in Jamie Alexiak because they said he could do the job. So now mm -hmm. Jimmy Rutherford, a goalie, former goalie, runs his mouth saying that, Wilson's a coward, basically, and didn't want to fight Alexiak, and that's why he brought him in there, and that they're not worried about Tom yeah. Wilson. So he sets this kid up for first shift of the game to play against Tom Wilson. Now, <laughs> would you have known that Tom Wilson was on the ice if you were that kid? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you get I, surprised? You know, that's, that's, but that's the bad part about it is, though, the, the fucking GM set you up for the fucking thing, so – where we got Gary Batman Batman still trying to get fucking fighting out of the game. You got a GM antagonizing a fucking other guy that's actually Wilson. And you got to, Rivs, if you were running a fucking team, you got to have this kid on your team the way he plays and then what he brings to the table because he's not a fucking, he's just not a slumlord. You know, he's, he's just not out there fighting. The guy can play the game. Oh, he's and, a hell of a player. Yeah, until the NHL figures out, now what are they going to do? Because even Revo, Revo, when he fucking plays and he takes that valuable time and he's, he's knocking the shit out of guys. That that brings a part to the game that Vegas, you know, makes them a better hockey team. So these GMs, if they want to keep shooting their mouth, but they're not going to fucking stand up and try to protect the players. That's fucking terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's one thing to not protect your players, but then it's another thing to fucking throw them to the wolves too. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Sid's got a fucking – I'm wondering what he's thinking because, you know, look what he's put in. He's brought Stanley Cups to that place and – uh, he sat there. He, that man needs the protection, for God's sake. You know, Connor McDavid's got it out there in in, uh, in Edmonton. They're taking care of him. You got that one line. Jesus, who's, yeah. who's having success also? You well, know, so what? 
Where's where's Sid's help at? Well, where's Sid's help even yesterday? Like you talk about them yapping back and forth, him and Ovechkin. He's like <laughs> yeah. he's yelling at Ovechkin. He's like, Well, why don't you fucking fight Alexei? Why don't you fight him? Alex Ovechkin goes, Well, why don't you fight me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crosby yeah. at that point, Crosby's like, Yeah, probably not. I'm go back to the bench. Sit down here before the Russian inhales I, me. Um, but I'll tell you what though, I, I bet you I bet you ribs in a, uh, I could bet you everything I got, which ain't that much, but I bet you everything I got that if uh, Ovechkin was out there and he dropped the gloves, I'll guarantee you Sid would fucking walk to the table and say, okay, I might get my ass beat, but I'm going to go. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, I think he would. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. Now, that would think, be a I think shame. I done it before. would be a shame because you think somebody then on the ice would skate in faster than Sid. And exactly. Somebody. Yeah. Anybody. No, without a doubt. But I'm just saying, I've watched Sid. I think the competitiveness. I, he's fought lesser guy than that before in his time. He hasn't had to fight a lot, but he's done it a couple times. And So I think if everything was on the line, I'm pretty sure he would do it. Yeah, good Nova Scotian kid. Not quite good. from Lucky Lake, <laughs> yeah, but no. we'll take him. Um, <laughs> give me, uh, before you get out of here, uh, maybe a little blues talk. I know we haven't covered a whole lot, but you guys surprised at all they were able to go into Edmonton and, and beat a, a Ken Hitchcock coach team like that? It's, it's, that's not really – I don't know if it's surprised or what it is because you just don't know what you're fucking going to get when they come out right now. And it, it's it's kind of weird when you're getting beat 8-2, to 7-3 – but in the middle of all this, you're still winning games like two to one and three, you know. So it's 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 just a weird fucking hockey team going, man. I don't I don't know what tells you. And I imagine being the coach, you got to wonder who the hell's going to show up half the time. And I, I I don't like tonight. Where they got Vancouver tonight? Is that where they're at tonight? Yep. Is it Vancouver? I thought it was Calgary. Yeah. It's Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, shit, no, I think thing, Vancouver I'm not driving tonight. the plane. Vancouver or yeah, Calgary I know. I, Saturday. I, I thought, that's part of the reason I didn't come in today. I thought we were going to be talking about Kachuk the whole fucking day. So, uh, I, went, I went the other way. No, you'll just wait till I'm not but, in here. Oh, yeah. Rim's in here, Chromes. I'm coming in. Uh, hey, he sends me a, t- he got- sends me texts now that say, Chromes, what's Rim's saying? What day is he coming in? How come any other day? <laughs> you guys have your little secret your little secret text chats, eh? Yeah, but, you know, hey, but getting back to them, though, so they got two tough games before they go into the, the Christmas break here, and, uh, obviously Calgary's right at the top of the, the leaderboard here with their team, so they're going to get tested that day. But they got Vancouver tonight, which I wouldn't go to sleep on because well, no shit. You know, they what got, happened they last got time. Peterson. Yeah, so I, I just I hope for the Blues to come out and the next two games, and I, I just hope they don't stink the joint up because you know the, the I think the fans are, are and I, I'm not saying this in a bad way because I'm sort of this way also. I'm a little gullible because I can see what they can do, and I get thinking and i start hearing things that they could get to the playoffs if they go on a string and you know you've heard it for so long i guess you'd start to believe it a little bit but i i just hope they fucking could do that for the fans sake and maybe come in and win a couple games and or at least compete and get it ready for the right after christmas and see what they got i agree buddy i agree i hope so just like you every time they're out there we're pulling for them it doesn't always work out that we end up happy about it, but we certainly want them to yeah. win. So, uh, for both you guys, for sure. though, for both you guys, though, uh, it was for Blues fans. Should the should the opinion be when they go out and play a game like that, or they put, or, or the two games they won? Should the opinion be, see, we are good enough, or this is who we are, or is it? Well, this is just a, a, a rough team that's occasionally going to put a game together. I mean, where are we at, or do we not know the answer to that question? Can be, you can go I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you know the fucking answer to that question because when you, when you could come out and do what you did in Edmonton and, and you know I say Sid's the best player in the game. Well, the guy that's going to take the mantle over is sitting right there, and and they've been Pitchcock's has them playing really well right now. So they're you know it's not like you're going in and playing a bad team and you go in into their building where they've been successful lately and you fucking play well. So 
you know, if, if you, if you, they would come out again and stink it up. I, 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 you know, you, I know people say you fucking come into the show and you say the same shit. Well, what, what the fuck can you say after that? You know, there's, I, I, I've said all I can say. So I like to see them win. I want to see them win for this town. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I just hope I don't see any more than fucking seven, three games in that shit. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Kimby. And one thing I will say, though, that it, you, that never fails is the fact that you bring us the heat and you bring it with truth and you bring it with passion, big boy. So we're going to let you go here. Um, All right. Enjoy your day at work. Say hi to the boys down there for me. And uh, hopefully yep. some of them Hi to all the guys kimbled. down at work. <laughs> Slap shot. Wife all and that, kids. Hey, I got a... When I go about, hey, wish everyone happy holidays and all that jazz. And hey, make sure Ribs talks about our... Are you 14 team? We had a pretty good showing last night, so make sure he talks about that at the end of the uh, podcast, here, guys. I will make sure to cover it, big boy. Hey, you know, NelsonLandServices.com, <laughs> amateur report. You know yep. that. Yep. Hey, thanks, Kimby. Have a good All Christmas. Right. I'll talk to you, you soon, guys. my friend. You got you guys. Ciao All right, you. that is Kimby. Nobody Later. does. Nobody. He's becoming a must follow. He has to be. He's becoming a must follow he on is Twitter. Spitting the heat, man. He is. Yeah, spitting and I'm sorry heat. we didn't bring you more in on no. that. But what happens Kimby is if we throw that. one more voice at Kimby, no. he gets really confused and the wheels seize up. And, and then before you know it, Alex, your your last name will be Ferrari or Ferrari. Not the first something. time. It's happened sometimes where he forgets where he's at. He hits himself. <laughs> he's become really a must weird. follow on Twitter, and he's the king of the quote tweet. He doesn't know what reply is. He hey, likes a good when quote. When Kimby tweet. gets rolling, I let him roll. I love it. I love it um, too. You know. I got to ask you this question and get your guys' thoughts as, as we're on the blues right now. Is Jaden Schwartz the key to this thing? I mean, their uh, their record, everything yep. is so much better when this guy's in the lineup. Now, well, him being in the lineup's the issue, right? I mean, you can't deny yeah. that. Guy's got to stay healthy, but just a better team. I mean, I would say 100% it's Jaden Schwartz. I mean, go back to last year when they were the best team in the National Hockey League. He gets hurt against Detroit, and the wheels come off. And it's not just one wheel coming off. The offense stopped scoring. The defense stopped playing. And it's not just – when I say defense, it's not the six guys on the blue line. It's the it's the forwards back-checking. That stopped. Goaltending struggled. Coaching didn't know what was going on. Everything halted. Look what happened when he returned to the lineup. They played their asses off, and they were within one point of making the playoffs. The yeah. same this year. Look, they started off rough, and Schwartz started off with a bad year. But still, though, there were, there were shades of excellence. And then when he was gone, it was done. That's the thing I ha- wanted to hear from Rivs. Yeah. Is it's it's not like he comes in and he's pumping in goals and no. he's scoring these points. It's I don't I mean is, is that is he the leader by example on the ice? Is well, it something he does that they feed off? What what is it, Rivs? Well, he's part of that group, right? So if we were to circle some guys in the lineup that bring bring the best effort every day, one thing you never have to worry about with Jaden Schwartz is is he going to show up? Now yep. he doesn't always show up on the score sheet, which you know, that's part of his job and that he's able to do that. But if you look at the guys, right, you go, okay, Schwartz, Shen, O'Reilly, you know, like you're like, holy shit, this is like that's kind of the identity of the team right those now three. is those three, mm-hmm. how they push, right? And we've talked about O'Reilly before, how he's been put in a situation where whoever needs to get going gets put on his line, and he's been, you know, lugging the mail that way. And now you bring Schwartz back and you put Schwartz, Shen, and Tarasenko together and what Vladdy scores yeah. the other night mm-hmm. um so I don't know I just think that uh, the high energy high effort type player always brings out the best in the rest of his teammates and then when you're missing one of those guys then 
the weight falls on the next two or the next one guy, and then that's a lot to ask of, of the group at that point. I mean, Schwartz last year, he was on the score sheet. I mean, he was an MVP oh. in the National Hockey League before he got hurt against Detroit. So he does that, but it's it's the way, it's the it's the play away from the puck that Schwartz is so good at. I mean, Rivs, you can speak to this, and Jim, you as well. Him on the boards, I don't think there's anybody else better than Jaden Schwartz in the league right now that can keep the puck on his stick when he has people on him. Yeah, and, and it's it, wild because he's so small. Yes, and it, it changes so much when Jaden Schwartz is on the ice. And I don't understand, and I never understood why the coaching staff went away. Well, I guess I, sh- I can't say I don't understand because I know why, trying to get other people going. But when you have a line playing as well as those three were, you don't touch it, you know? And unfortunately, they broke it up and trying to find things. And I'll say this about O'Reilly. That's what follows O'Reilly everywhere he went. In Buffalo – he was the guy to fix everything. Yeah. He was the guy that, that tried to play Eichel with him. They tried to play a couple of the other younger guys with him. When Evander Kane was there, they tried to play him with him. Like, they're trying to get people to work. And I don't think that's where Ryan O'Reilly's at his best. Go to the beginning of the year when Ryan O'Reilly was on the tear. What was it, 11 points in, like, six games? His line mates were Maroon, Tarasenko. Yeah. Then it was Sanford, Tarasenko. They stuck with the same people, and I think that's where Ryan O'Reilly exceeds. Yeah. No, I look, I agree, but you know, we talked about this a couple of shows ago, and I asked, I flat out asked, I'm like, when is enough enough? Like, how many times can you go back to this guy before he gets exhausted of, you know, carrying, I don't want to say the dead weight, but carrying the heavy load, we'll call it. Well, that's what I'd be concerned about. I mean, uh, and yeah. look, I don't think I don't think Ryan, I've spoke to Ryan O'Reilly many times this season, and he is not a bad guy. He's a great guy. He loves the sport. He loves St. Louis already. He loves the fan base. But let's not forget what he said at the end of his time in Buffalo. It it starts to suck to lose. And yeah. he said, you know, I, I hate – you hate being around it. You don't want to get to that point. Yeah, and I don't think we will. I mean, no, I, I don't think, think so. And you're not you going to get to the point where Ryan O'Reilly's not working hard because he loves the sport and he yeah. loves St. Louis. But you got to put people with him that – you got to match his work ethic – with people who have that same workout with like-minded workout that's well, why Shannon too, Schwartz works so hard together too, right like there's always a reward system yeah and you can take 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 from a player which you're which is what you're doing when you give these guys when you give him guys that need to get going all mm-hmm. the time every now and then like you got to reward him for a yeah. handful of games and play him with a couple of easier wingers that are yeah. going to make his life easier well why do you think Schwartz and Shen play well so get so, together because Shen works just as hard on the puck as Schwartz does. And if I'm not mistaken, the game that David Perron scored a hat trick, what was that, against the Flames? He was on a line with Ryan O'Reilly. And uh, was he? I think it was like Steen, O'Reilly, and Perron, I think wasn't so. It? So, yeah. I mean, the work ethic, and look, Perron is, Perron is a hard worker as well. Now, he takes dumb penalties, which I think everybody can agree upon, but he works hard as well. He's putting the puck there's in the, the There's the success. Yeah. It's, it's, it's matching the work ethic with one player to another. I agree. Well, hey, whatever the recipe is, we need more wins. Yeah. So, you know. Well, and um, I agree with Kimby, too. Like, uh, as, as high as I am after you get a win like they did the other night, <laughs> I, I'm not yet. Like, I'm going into today's game or tonight's game expecting the worst because that's what yeah. we've seen all season. And even if they win today, Saturday I'm still thinking it because we have not seen three consecutive wins together. We have not seen 120 minutes of ice of, of perfect hockey yet this season. And that's ultimately, I mean, that's kind of been the uh, the big topic every time we're in here is, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's like the Forrest Gump thing, you know, box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. That's kind of what our season has been is a box of chocolates. <laughs> and I'm hoping that, you know, they can string a couple together. And, you know, with these teams that they have to play, you think, you know, the motivation would be that Vancouver mm-hmm. blew the wheels off us in St. Louis. We should be playing them hard. And then going into Calgary, well, once again, they, Calgary just beat the crap out of us in our hometown. So mm-hmm. hopefully the motivation is there. Um you know, it, it's tough. I mean, these guys are – they're playing for their jobs right now. They're playing for the playoffs. And if you look at it, somebody brought up an interesting stat on my win. I was listening, and they said that uh, the Blues have won, what, four of their last six? Yeah, four of the last six. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, what, three I of wouldn't their last bet, four? I wouldn't have bet on that, would you? Well, four yeah, of their last six and three of their, three of their last, last four, four. Because they went on a two-game yeah. win streak, and then they lost, and then they won. So when you night. present it like that, like oh, <laughs> for the overall – no, but listen yeah. to me. For no, the you're overall right. season – Yes, it hasn't been living up to expectations, but if you need to isolate because we have to do that because now we have a different head coach, we have guys coming in back to the lineup from injury, guys that are out, this, that, the other. So you have to isolate like 10-game segments Mm -hmm. basically throughout the season. And if that's what we're doing here, then – I'd be okay if they kept going, you yeah. know, four out of six, four out of six. That's what Hitch used to preach. He said that yeah. you can't look at this as 41 games or 41 games or a month by month. He said you, you, you isolated into 10 games. He said a 10-game stretch is how you judge how a team is playing. I mean, that's on the stats for the NHL. Yeah. Like you look at the last 10 games that they've played. And if you can be, you know, six or seven wins in 10 mm-hmm. games, you're going to make the playoffs. But I will say this. They had that stretch when Mike Yo was here where they had won six of seven or it was four of six, something like that, because we talked to Mike about it, and Mike said, yeah, it's great. You kind of underestimate the way that they're playing, but then after that they went on that losing streak again. So it's just the inconsistency, and I'm getting sick of people asking me, and I don't want to go on a rant here, guys. No, 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 please. Let her fly. Let her fly. I'm getting sick of people asking me because I have friends that call me and I have family that are all huge Blues fans, but I'm getting sick of the question, well, why don't these guys care? Can we please stop? And, and Ribs, you, you've, you've played in the league. These guys, these guys don't just show up to the game and say, well, screw this one today. I'd rather be doing this, so I'm just going to go out there and waste 60 minutes. These guys care. Like, listen to them after a loss. They're pissed off. Like, just talking with Ryan O'Reilly, you know, in the midst of the losing streak, he said, I'm not calling the season off yet. And I, I don't think anyone else is. He's like, I want to win. He's like, we're going to win. We're going to turn this around. So can we just stop of the these guys don't care? We need to get rid of these guys that don't care to play hockey. Come on. Yeah, they're getting paid $8 million a year to play. Yeah, they're getting paid $5 million, and it's easy here in St. Louis for people's assumption. But it's still a job, and they still love hockey. They're still playing. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, I think what, you know, what I've said before uh, about the situation is that uh, certainly, like you said, guys care. They're not going to the rink not to play well. Nobody shows up to the rink wanting to lose. Nobody shows up to the rink going, yeah, I want to screw my teammates over. Nobody shows up going, yeah, I'm only feeling like I want to play 27 <laughs> minutes today, not I'll 60. show up for the first, but that's it. Yeah. That's all you get. You're not getting that. Now, I think what happens is throughout the course of a game, you have that opposition. And their job is to make your life miserable. And what happens is when they start to make our lives miserable, sometimes the pushback isn't Mm -hmm. there and i'm not talking about dropping the mitts and doing that kind of stuff but my biggest thing that i've always said is when things aren't going quite according to plan each player needs to do something uncharacteristic of what they normally do Mm -hmm. and all that means is if you're 
Vladdy Tarasenko, right? And I'll just use him as an example so people don't get all fired up here. <laughs> but, you know, puck goes back to the point you lay down and block a shot. Or you catch a defenseman coming around the opposition's net on a forecheck and you bury him. That's uncharacteristic to Vladdy Tarasenko's normal game. Yep. Players, teammates, fans, media, we start to feed off of that. Because you're like, wow, he just did that. Then you get somebody else who goes out there and does something uncharacteristic. And now you're building like, these guys are playing hard. They're playing for each other. We may have lost the game, but did you see Alexander Steen block that shot with his face? Did you see Tarasenko with that hit? Did you see Jaden Schwartz go after that guy? Mm -hmm. All these things that you're like, what, is this bizarro world? But it almost has to be in order to change the direction of what's going on and public opinion. Is the... And, you know, you deal with this, I'm sure, too. Is some of it the – and uh, Jamie, I'll, I'll really ask you your opinion on this one. Is it the quote-unquote cliche answers after a game that just – and I – listen. Yeah, I, I, players have to be careful. I understand. Now they've been beaten up because they say, well, we didn't yeah. put together – and everybody well, now is like, here's the list of shit and they're the, going to say. And the minute one guy says something, the conspiracy theory well, start of – Oh, well, he doesn't like him, or he doesn't do that. So they're really careful. Like, the the thing with Braden Shen a, a week or two ago, everybody was freaking out, and I said, that's not how I took it. I took it as, no matter what they say, you guys are going to put something in it. And he's like, look, I'm not going to speak for Alexander Steen. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the problem, and that's why I hate the way that it goes, because in the media, we appreciate the, that honesty. When Braden Shen said – well, when Alexander Steen said what he said – I appreciated that 100%. It's like you walk away from that, it's like, finally, it's an answer that we all understand. But it, what what's frustrating is knowing, and I understand the player side of it, Rivs. Like, I understand you can't go in front of the media and just blow the team up. And, no. well, this is this, and this guy's playing like crap, and this guy needs to be, like, you can't do that. You're a team, it's in the media, you have to be, you, you have to be respectful for the way that you answer questions. But, it's the it's the it's the way that they're phrased, and, and I'll give you an example. And we talked about this on our hockey show, um, which is give it a plug. Uh, I didn't want to plug it. No, no, give it a plug. Chili's Week in Hockey Monday nights. Camo X. Camo X. Andy Mark scores, and yours truly. Plenty of hockey talk. Rivs has been a big part of it. Plenty of times. I love being we on found that out show. his favorite uh, his song. If he was, did he tell you this, Jim? My goal song. His goal song. If if he had one, it would be. Cowboy by Kid Rock. Yeah, it was the podcast people know. It is the podcast. Yeah. Okay, I just want to the make podcast sure. world is fully aware. Our audience didn't it when he said it. We lost Kid our Rock. mind. Yes, I we mean, lost our mind. He's the official artist. Yeah, of the I station. think it's kind of appropriate, actually. <laughs> but anyway, it, it was after one of the lo- one of the really ugly losses. I think it was the Minnesota Wild one here at Enterprise Center, but they lost it. And Ryan O'Reilly spoke and said, "We weren't ready to play. We 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 didn't know how to adapt to their pushback." Alex Petrangelo came out and said, "Well, everybody's got to score. You know, if nobody if nobody scored in this league, it wouldn't be a league. You know, there'd be no shutouts." And I heard that, and I'm thinking, if your captain has that mindset, does everyone else have that mindset? Ryan O'Reilly's mindset was, "Hey, we weren't ready to play. We needed to adapt. It sucks. We shouldn't have lost." But Alex Petrangelo was, well, "We did some good things tonight. We shouldn't have let them score." But you got to walk away from it, and I know the positivity. I know you got to think that way, but in the state that the Blues team was in at the time, I just don't think you should have that mindset. That's the part that was frustrating for me. And I agree. Now here's where, 
like having been in the league a long time and having been around the media a long time and now being part of the media, I have been seasoned. Okay. Yeah. And now when I was young, I used to just say whatever. Right. And it wasn't like some of the veterans used to be like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, <laughs> don't tell them the truth. You know, like right. it used to be cliche central. Yeah. And I'd come in and be like, well, you know, this guy, you know, not, not blame my teammates. I'd say we didn't do this or they did this. Yeah. And they'd be like, hey, just give them the, hey, we need to play better shit, you know? Yeah. But fast forwarding in today's world, which is nothing but information. Right, every social media, you name it, information's oh, yeah. everywhere. Bloggers down there. As soon as somebody speaks, it's on Twitter. If somebody farts and it sounds weird, they're gonna be like, "Wow, <laughs> he might have an intestinal problem," you know. But my point is, when the media comes in after, I think the players owe a more honest opinion. Yeah, they do. They don't have to sewer teammates, no coaching staff, organizations, fans. But you can give, like, the, like what I just said. Like, why wouldn't, why couldn't somebody say? Well, we need to do stuff that's uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. I, as a player, like you don't talk about your teammates, but you make the example by using yourself. Yeah. I need to block more shots. Yeah. We didn't do that. And when we can do things like this, we will be more successful. Yeah. I think that the media would enjoy <coughs> not those scoops, because not scoop, but those takes yeah. on it where they'd say, you know what? He was very honest about himself. And in being honest about himself, it kind of gave me a vision into what some of the other guys yeah. are thinking. Yeah. I and agree I think 100%. the players do themselves a disservice by being too generic sometimes. Yeah. I agree 100%. And then we can spin it however we want, right? It, well, exactly. That's the point of being a fan, right? You get to spin it however you yeah. want and you get to panic or you get to get frustrated. Like that's being a fan. That's but the best you can't part about it. Spin this. it if he's honest. Exactly. If he's very descriptive and say, what are you going to spin? You can't. You just have to write it. If, this if, is what he said. If you lose a game because you gave up a breakaway in the last minute of a hockey game because you bobbled the puck. If that player comes out and says, well, hey, I, I, sh- I can't bobble that puck there. Yeah. I have to be more precise. I have to be more strong on my stick. Well, how are you going to turn that? He was honest. He needs – it's the, well, we just didn't play really well. And it, The phrase that, that starts to tick, tick me up more than anything now is, well, he didn't come out ready to play in the second period. Well, what does that mean? Like, were you, were you guys just in there at the first intermission thinking, ah, oh, well, we're good to go? Like – yeah, be honest not with the it. case. I mean, yeah. what, it, what it means usually is uh, their team, the opposition, has gone yeah. into the locker room, made a few adjustments, mm-hmm. and they've either switched some lines. You didn't to adapt to it. And we uh, either – it's hard. You can't adapt to something until you're on the ice, right? right. You say, holy shit, they've changed things, or they've done this, or the lines are different. You don't know till you know, right? Well, no, that's what I mean, like adapting once it happens. On the fly. Yeah. So players on the fly, coaches on the fly have to – it's you know bench management, in-game mm-hmm. management is right. what they call it, right? So then you have to adjust and make sure you're on top of it quickly, and the players have to respond to what they're being told. So maybe the coaching staff is telling them that, mm-hmm. but then the players don't respond or they don't give the effort, and that's when they say we weren't ready to play. Right. And so, I, I don't know. I just always felt like – Giving as close of an answer as you can to the absolute 100% honesty, then you leave yourself a better chance of being quoted properly and being appreciated. And guess what? When that happens, when you give the media little nuggets here and there and here and there, they're nicer to you. (laughs) And when you do suck, they don't just friggin' torch you. Right. So I'm just saying. I will say that, that the Blues have the best group of media 
that cover the team when it comes to the NHL because I've talked to some other people and they are brutal with their team. But I mean, guys like Jim Thomas and Rutherford and Korak and Tom Timmerman, they're in there and you know they're not going to walk up to one of the guys and be like, "So why'd you suck last night?" Like, like I know, but it comes to a point, right? Like you just said, you're. So, I'm tired of getting phone calls. Right. Well, the media guys the same way, right? They're well, they're tired. Really tired of asking the questions. And yeah. we can't, we've gone over that in here. Yeah, of course. Tired of like, well, why is this happening? Why is it? I don't freaking know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I, I was. I've all I've ever wondered is if somebody gets the guys together and says, "Guys, no more after the games. We didn't. We weren't ready to play." You know. I would. I'd stand up as a captain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'd say, guys, enough of the bullshit about we weren't ready to play or we didn't give it our all. How about we just be honest and say, you know what? We didn't adjust to their forecheck. Right. Their tenacity surprised us. They were big and physical. We didn't respond. Like, be a little more accurate so that people don't run with what you say. Yeah. Well, and seem like you care, too. Like, like don't brush off the, the post-game comments of, like, well, you know, we just – we're ready again. Like, well, it's hard. Yeah. I, I'll say it's this. Hard. Let's remember, they're human, too. Oh, and exactly. they're frustrated. I always you tell brought people up, that. You brought up the thing of, I promise you they care, whether, yeah. you, whether you think they do or not. And it, but, it, uh, but the truth is, when you hear the words as a fan, we weren't ready, mm-hmm. the first thing you go to is – what do you? What do you? What do you mean? How do you not ready? care? Yeah, what, it's yeah. Bad, it's D- that's your job. Like that's the, your whole purpose on earth. Yeah, that but is, that's my whole point in saying yeah. you know you should be maybe a little more direct yeah. or honest about it rather rather than just saying generically we weren't ready to play. Yeah, because I, I agree with you, Ribs. If I'm if I'm yeah. a leader on that team, I'm standing up and saying, look, guys, no more of this. We're not ready. Like that phrase needs to be eliminated from everybody's mouths yeah. the rest of the season. Specifics. Yeah, but I'd be like, if you weren't ready to play, then say I wasn't ready to play. Yeah, but don't group us don't all group into us this. All exactly. in. and if you're not ready to play, then go take a seat. Yeah, exactly. Like that's my point. I agree. It. Well, hey man, this was fun. No, I loved getting to come on with you guys. This is uh, this Big is thanks. always a good yeah. time. Hey, thanks for coming. Big yeah. thanks to Alex. Thank now, wait, before we go, let's quiet down one more time. Give a plug for your show because it's awesome. <laughs> it's Chili's Week in Hockey Monday nights from seven to nine o'clock. Or I'm sorry, eight to ten o'clock, seven to nine o'clock this week, but it's on KMOX every Monday night. Plenty and of hockey talk. Where can we find you on Twitter? At Ferrario KMOX. F E R R A R I O KMOX. Like and, the car with an O. And the show? Chili's Week in Hockey. You can find that on uh iTunes Play Store. Uh, you can find it on the Google Play Store. It's on the Blues website, I believe. There's a link there. Uh, but you can find it on KMOX.com as well. Awesome stuff. Alex and Amy do an incredible job over there. I've been in there a couple of times on the phone and in person, and we yeah. have a blast. And Mike Anderson. Who's Mike in Anderson, there, our love guy. Love Mikey. Yeah. Uh, so check it out, and thank you very yeah. much for coming in here. Short notice from the bullpen. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so yeah, much you for were having me. Yeah, it up, warming uh, it up there. Yeah, I was trying to, to fill Kimby's seat. Now, well, I, we've been talking, in fairness, we've been talking about it for like a month. Now. Well, yeah, we, we have. Well, and, you know, obviously now that the Blues are gone for a week, it helps out where you're not running around. But, uh, no, I, anytime. I love this podcast. I love the honesty that you guys provide and obviously the the expertise with it as well. So you guys do an awesome job, and it's uh, it's always a pleasure to get to hop on with both of you. Well, well, thank uh, you very much. For I think here, I buddy. speak for all the guys on it. Anytime. 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 I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. Well, anytime you guys need me to. Yes, sir, Mr. Rivers. Sorry, before we go, we got to talk about Kimby's. Going to say, you, yeah. Seemed pretty the NelsonLandServices.com yeah. amateur report we'll, special we'll thanks. We'll couple this together. So yeah. it eats up to, we'll do Nelson Land Services. Yeah, our friends, the our Nelson friends, family, the five star locally rated company, reasonable prices and quality work, the great Nelson family. Yeah. Um, what do you got going, amateur? What, 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 he said he had a great, great, great showing there. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. What we've got going on here now in St. Louis is there's two AAA hockey uh, organizations. One is the St. Louis Blues AAA team, and the other one is the Car Shield AAA hockey. And this is the first year where they've had to play each other. 
uh, in a league play so before the playoffs come. And Kimby's team, last night, the first game, the U14s went to, I, I believe it was a 0-0 tie, which is incredible uh, because you know, Kimby's team is ranked substantially lower in the national rankings. Uh, and then last night, which was quite the ordeal, is they uh, they lost two to one in a shootout, but it went eleven shooters deep. Wow! So that had to be exciting. You have fourteen year old kids who are playing, you know, against their buddies from you know, from in town. It's two AAA organizations. It's a rivalry Wednesday night rivalry, Wednesday right? Wednesday night rivalry, yeah. And uh, you know, we have these two teams with a lot of great kids on both teams wow. battling it out. You know, for the second time, the first one was a tie, 0-0. Zero, zero. Second one is 1-1. One, one. They go 11 shooters deep before there's a winner. And, you know, the, the Blues AAA team took the victory. But congratulations to both teams. And congratulations to our buddy Kimby, who's uh, – who's showing us that there's a lot more than we think up in that huge cranium of his. The cranium. <laughs> yes, he is doing well. He has my, my Granite City Warriors. You know, I played hockey there in, in, the, in the late 80s. And um, he's got them cruising, man. I, I follow all the Facebook posts, all the Twitter posts, and some of my friends have kids. My, my, my middle son played hockey with most of these kids that are there now when he was younger. Um, so I, I know all of the roar, you know, you obviously are friends with yep. Justin Roar. Mason Roar is a tremendous yep. athlete and, um, Aaron Bedor, some Drake Bedorf. I've known him, the Maxfields. I've, I've known them for a while. Coached all um, those kids. All yep. great kids. And the Parker, you know, I, the yep, Parkers, Parker. I know them very well. Logan played with all those kids and, um, you know, he had a blast when he was younger. He kind of gave it up and, and decided to do something else. But, uh, I miss hockey. I love hockey and, you know, uh, Back in the day, Henson's dad was our coach, and, and, you know, we had a really nice program. There wasn't the two leagues and da-da-da. I mean, it was us, and I think there was one other Illinois team, but we played CBC, we played Chaminade, Kirkwood. It was, it was us going over there, and we held our own. So it was, a, it was a testament to this area, but Gary's dad was a good coach. Jake Hennister, I know you know Jake. He's a legend in Missouri and, and in Illinois hockey, but um, it's, a, it's quite a – just think it's of quite how a thing that good, Kimby's done there. How good those guys did and how much it's evolved to yep. see where we're at now. So, oh, amazing. I was you know? just going to say props to St. Louis and all oh, the yeah. coaches out there because, honestly, this is turning into a hockey hotbed. It's and I, I love it, every second You of know it. what's funny is I think it was us and Cahokia. That was it. Wow. That was it. Where's look- Cahokia? I'm telling you, uh, it, oddly enough, that was it. Um, but yeah, it was. I seem to remember there was an exit for Cahokia yeah. or something. I thought Route, I saw that on the highway once. Route three. Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Guys, uh, how about this before we before we leave though? Because I know something. I know Kimby's listening, and I'm sure everyone will get a kick out of this. Patrick Berglund clearing waivers. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So everyone breathe a breath of fresh air. Well, he's going to be bought out or or terminated, not bought out. Let's not mispronounce. Well, it. if somebody would have claimed me, they would have claimed the money too. Would, Correct. Someone would have been really but, stupid. But that's the thing is somebody then like with all this going down they're like yeah we're not gonna you know they'd rather see this terminate and then they and can then talk to him if they want they can talk to him and yeah. say hey we'll give you five hundred thousand for the rest bold of the year. prediction who signs them I don't know I don't know if anybody does. really we don't know what's going on yeah so if it's just a hockey thing and he's literally walking away what? from ten eleven twelve million dollars you gotta really hate Buffalo would, to walk somebody away. will sign him if that's yeah. the case well number one they're not awful no that's what I'm you saying know, um, uh, but maybe that's working against him yeah it could yeah. be but. Look, on the on the flip side, in the conspiracy theory world, 
If it was something bad, the way things are now, don't you think we heard about? You it would have now? heard about it by that's now. That's yeah, my I thing. Agree. So I, I don't know. Listen, that's I don't what I want, said. If it was yeah. bad, even then he'd yeah. be protected. I I, I, yeah, you got to really hate a place to walk away that's from twelve million dollars. I mean, so. that's what fuck. I'm saying. I mean, the Anchor Bar is great in Buffalo. Great wings. <laughs> I mean, it can't <laughs> be twelve million dollars. Twelve million yeah, bucks. I could eat a lot I'd of wings. My ball sack <laughs> to the table for twelve million dollars. I'll play eight minutes of hockey a night, not worry about it too much. That's out. That that's. Let me tell you. That's. That's Randy Green esque right there, buddy. Just, just threw that in there, yeah. eh? Yeah. That's a way to end a podcast yeah. for you. I'd be guys. like Steve Owen, staple my <laughs> ball sack to the table well, for twelve million. If, yeah, well, know. someone if someone wants to offer up twelve million dollars, we're gonna have a hell of a video of Rivers after I, this. I don't even get if someone offer up twelve million dollars, they can come in and do it themselves to me. And wear rubber gloves. Well, then we'll call Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com to come and remove it with his construction company, <laughs> do the repairs with the plumbing company. Um, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? Plumbing. Yeah. Uh, electric, the electric <laughs> company the can provide everything. And, of course, heating and cooling. That's InnovativeCompanies.com. <laughs> My man, Randy Green, 35 years experience, second-generation craftsman, tremendous human being. He's going to love that. Um, Guys, uh, don't forget our other partners, Adam's Smokehouse. Uh, they bring you their live from Minner Arena each week. Our friend Dennis Minner, as we mentioned, uh, uh, it likes to likes to get the passion going. Let's hear what Dennis has for us uh, here on the Live from Minner Arena segment brought to you by Adam's Smokehouse. Hey, thanks, guys. This is Dennis Minner coming at you live from Minner Arena. And actually, I'm not in Minner Arena right now. Actually, I'm stuck in a hotel in Indianapolis, Indiana, for a work meeting that really sucks. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But, hey, we uh, are going to pretend like we're live from Inner Arena. And, hey, Christmas is coming up, and I know you've got that one or two people on your list that you forgot to buy for. You need to go grab something quick. So right now, stop what you're doing. Make plans to go to Adam's Smokehouse. Go to Adam's Smokehouse, get a gift card, grab a, a, a thing of cranberry cayenne sauce, Wrap it up, throw it in a stocking, do whatever. And you know what? While you're at it, go ahead and buy yourself one because you will not be sorry. Um, man, Adam Smokehouse is absolutely amazing. But, hey, let's talk about the St. Louis Blues. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, the Blues continue to flip-flop as much as a politician in November. I mean, it is on one one game off the next game, on one, it, it, it's beyond it's beyond crazy. The one thing that we do lead on is too many men on ice. Absolutely insane, stupid, ridiculous. That we have already had ten penalties for too many men on the ice. Uh, Panger uh, the night before last was absolutely losing it um, for Panger anyway. It was one of the most upset things I've heard him saying, and he just said. He could not fathom it. Uh, it, it was shocking. Um, I, 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 I don't even know. I, I mean, it's, it's beyond crazy. Since Maruby has taken over, they've had six. Uh, so this is not something that's getting better. It's continuing to uh, statistically get worse. Um, and I just don't understand how difficult it is for a professional hockey team uh, to not be able to switch lines on and off the ice. Uh, but apparently we have pissed off the reps now. Uh, the NHL refs, uh, we are now cursed. I, I guess that's another part of it. Uh, again, more insane plays are going on. But, hey, we won a great battle Tuesday night. Uh, but guess what? I can't get excited because it means nothing for the momentum of this team right now. I've seen us uh, uh, play some amazing games, and then we lose 8-1 to one the very next game. So, 
I don't know what to tell you. We play Vancouver tomorrow night, uh, tonight, as you're going to be listening to this, and I hope we win. But you know what? Instead of talking about uh, the regular Blues on the team right now, I want to take a little trip. I want to go into the hockey twilight zone right now and talk about a couple former Blues players that I'm sure most of you have heard about. But let's talk about the first one, Yuri Laterra. Uh, one of probably the uh, most annoying and hated blues players in modern-day blues history, Um, come to find out he was a cocaine drug lord. Yes, you heard that right, a cocaine drug lord. Uh, He has, uh, from what I've understood, and I know it's a little bit different uh, in uh, in Finland, uh, but apparently he has been found guilty. Uh, and now he is awaiting for his uh, uh, his uh, act or you know whatever they call it uh, to say if he has to go to jail, fine or whatever. Uh, but the thought of Laterra being a uh, in a cocaine ring um, is just is just crazy. Don't believe me? Go look on my Twitter. We've been talking about it. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, if that's not weird enough, all of a sudden. The Buffalo Sabres report that Patrick Berglund, Uncle Bergy, has not reported to the team and that he is now being put on unconditional waivers for breach of contract. Now, a lot of people have said, well, hey, don't they still have to pay his contract? No. If he is put out on unconditional waivers, all right, and they find that he has a breach of contract, then no. They don't owe him the over $12 million that he still has coming for the next three years. Uh, so Berglund um, has basically just said, take your money uh, and, and keep it. Now, here's what's kind of concerning to me is there's a lot of rumors going around about if, uh, why, how, whatever. The fact is no one knows what's going on. Um, for me, I, I, I have some concern um, it doesn't seem like something Berglund would do, and I hope everything's okay. I hope there's not a more serious uh, issue going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Uh, but that did bring up one thing, and that's everyone saying Berglund sucks, and I'm going to in the next minute tell you why Berglund does not suck. So the rumors going around that the Blues are interested in signing him up again, Twitter uh, implodes. Uh, I am not saying by any means that we should sign Patrick Berglund again. But let me tell you one thing. Patrick Berglund did not suck. All right, let's look at just a handful of players real fast. Steen, $5.8 million. In the last 10 years, he's averaged 17.8 goals. Bozak, nine years at $4.2 million. He averages 15 goals. O'Reilly, $6.2 million a year. He averages 17 goals. Perron in the last 11 years at $4 million a year averages 15.9 goals. Now, all of these guys average around the 25 mark on assists, uh, so that's a, a, a really good stat. But listen to this dollar amount. Berglund is only $3.7 million, all right? And for you all that think he sucks, he averaged with the Blues in nine years 17 goals per season. Now, he didn't have a ton of assists at 15, but still, at $3.7 million, that puts him in the lower echelon of payments for a forward in NHL hockey. With him scoring 17 goals a year, that puts him in the top 20% of goal-producing forwards. 
So let that sink in next time you say he sucks because I got to disagree. Um, he's not the all-star we wanted and all that. And I'm not saying, don't send me hate mail, uh, that I'm saying sign him. But here's the fact. Berglund didn't suck, plain and simple. There I said it. Hey, again, we're brought to you by Adam Smokehouse. Go grab you lunch there this week. Uh, go get you some gift cards. And, and you know what? If you're feeling froggy, you're feeling nice, hey, go get a gift card. Ten bucks even, and uh, send it over my way to uh, to Dennis at Men Arena. Go give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, we will see you guys again soon. And until then, let's go Blues. As always, great stuff from Dennis. And again, we appreciate everything Adam Smokehouse does for us. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, open till seven o'clock. Don't forget they're now delivering. So check out their zip code uh, uh, information, as they'll let you know if if, uh, if if you're available for delivery. Like I said, I. You know, it's the best barbecue in St. Louis, in my personal opinion. Um, I, I know that we've never had anybody, uh, re, both shows that I do, Adam Smokehouse is a part of, never had anybody go there and say, hey, the recommendation didn't work out. You know, it's always, hey, thanks for the recommendation. It was tremendous. Um, Christmas right around the corner. If you have an event for the holidays or just anything coming up, Super Bowl will be right around the corner. They do the catering as well. That's Adam Smokehouse on Watson Road. Uh, continued thanks to them as always. Uh, Jamie and Alex had to run to another gig. Don't forget SynergyHockeySkills.com, uh, the great uh, training organization. When it comes to the game of hockey that Jamie Rivers, you know, owns and is involved in, and it's second to none, folks. And if you're looking for something it's to, to help your son or daughter, you know, when it comes to their talent level, when it comes to just having fun with the game, SynergyHockeySkills.com is where you can learn more about that, of course. I'd like to thank uh, LineUpMedia.fm for their continued support. Don't forget to download the free app on your mobile device, Yo Radio. Enjoy it. The stations continue to increase on there. You guys are going to love the, the sleek design. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the music content. Uh, some of the uh, stations that have podcasts on them and things like that. It's, it's just a great, fun, all the way around uh, interesting streaming platform that I'm telling you, you guys are going to love if you download it. I, I do. I absolutely love it. I um, want to thank uh, you know, my producers, Brian Crock, Andrew Allen, for all they've done. For us, uh, like to look at, uh, like to take a look at uh, lineupmedia.fm's lineup when it comes to podcasting. But you can find us at bluesnhlpodcast.com. Uh, we're going to ask you to subscribe to the show there. Uh, that helps us as far as our tracking goes anymore because, you know, Facebook, as, as we ask you to go to Blues NHL Podcast on Facebook and like our page, um, you know, their algorithm sometimes it's hard to track. So, uh, but we are going to ask you to go there, like our facebook page click invite your friends if we could get them involved that'd be great but when you see the pin post for the show if you'd like it comment on it and share it you're eligible for some of the wonderful prizes that uh, we get compliments of uh, jamie rivers and our friends at synergyhockeyskills.com uh, at stl blues podcast on twitter as always if you're a blues fan and you follow us we're going to follow you back you can also find us on instagram blues nhl podcast and uh you know i i can't uh i can't say thanks enough to darren kimball for joining us as he's working and he, and he comes to you live from the, from the workplace when he takes his little 15-minute break there. We appreciate him as well. But I, uh, I definitely want to take a minute and thank everybody for their continued support of our show and say Merry Christmas. Um, look for some tweets as to the schedule the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a little dicey. Um, you know, the, the offices here will be closed. and uh, I've got to figure this out. So there could be a little hiatus here, but stay tuned, and we'll let you know kind of what we're going to do there. So. For all of us here at Blues NHL Podcast, not only do we say let's go Blues this week, but of course, happy holidays to you and yours. Be safe. Let's go Blues.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.